0: Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Thursday, August 19th. Today on the show, we've got yet another thrilling soccer match at Nissan Stadium. Ben Arthur of the Tennessean joins us to recap Titans practice down in Tampa, but we begin with one particular Titans position group that will benefit the most from practicing against the Super Bowl champs. I don't know about you guys, but I don't make any big financial decisions or really any decisions without doing a little bit of research and trying to acquire as much information as possible. And when it comes to your home, a massive decision, a massive financial decision, like a renovation or a new addition, whatever it may be with your home, you got to have all the information to make a smart decision for you and your family. And this is where the Kingston Group comes in. They present you with all of the information on the front end. They give you the budget. They give you the timeline. They give you everything you could possibly need to make a sound and intelligent and maybe financially viable decision for your home and for your family. Check out the website, buildkg.com. That's buildkg.com. The Kingston Group. So the Titans flew down on Tuesday and practiced against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Florida on Wednesday, and it wasn't short on action. Really, the story was sort of the Titans' rebuilt secondary getting a really good test in day one against Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, and Rob Gronkowski. This type of work is invaluable for guys like Christian Fulton, Caleb Farley, and Elijah Molden specifically, who have not gotten a lot of big-time NFL reps, if any, but also guys like Amani Hooker, who is stepping into a much larger role this year. And they did some work on Wednesday. Tom Brady apparently was picked off four times. This also creates a moment where I'm required to remind everyone that this is just practice and that if Tom Brady is throwing interceptions in practice, then it's probably not a big deal that Ryan Tannehill has been throwing interceptions in practice as well. Again, let's not overreact to every single drill or rep that is taken in practice. And this is the Super Bowl champs we're talking about here. This is the best possible test you could get in preseason practice. And really, that's the lesson from this trip down to play Tampa this weekend on on Saturday where we're not going to see any of the starters play for Tampa and probably for Tennessee as well is about the practice. It's about getting reps against high-level competition, and there's so many new pieces on the Titans' defense. There's so many new and moving pieces for the Titans' offensive line behind the starting group. Again, Nate Davis and Ben Jones not practicing, that this type of work is absolutely critical for the Tennessee Titans. But again, let's not overreact. It's just practice. It's about getting reps and creating muscle memory for a bunch of guys who have not played a full regular season game together yet in any way, shape, or form. On the injury side of things, Monty Rice was injured and helped off the field at one point on Wednesday. He's a guy that this staff has clearly wanted to see more from during camp throughout the month, and missing any time for Rice would be a huge blow for his development and the linebacking depth to get a better sense of what actually took place on the practice field on Wednesday between the Titans and the Bucks and to give us a look ahead as to what maybe the Titans coaching staff will be looking to accomplish in Thursday's joint practice we bring in Ben Arthur the reporter covering the Tennessee Titans for the Tennessean to explain what he saw on Wednesday and give us a preview of what's to come on Thursday
1: you know when 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 you can practice against someone else it is you know just very beneficial for a team in, in in terms of the ramp up towards the season, getting different looks like Ryan Tannehill had talked about because he, he knows his defense. So, well, the Titans defense so well, and, and you kind of have a feel for tendencies. You're the quarterback, like, you know, your own defense's plays for the most part, you know, when, when you're going up against another team, like the bucks uh, who have, you know, a great defense and have a phenomenal defensive coordinator and Todd Bulls, you're, you're seeing different looks and, Ryan Tannehill talked a lot about that. He'd seen some stuff that he hadn't seen before, and and, and just learning to adjust on the fly in team periods is something that you're going to have to do come games. You know, once once the regular season hits and whatnot. So, from a player standpoint and from a coaching standpoint, being able to get work, real work, in against people, you know, other than yourselves, I think you know, there's there's a lot you can take. Um, from that, as you kind of head into the season,
0: so you were there. Did you see the secondary get its first real test and rise to the challenge? And, and what do you expect from day two?
1: Yeah, the, the the secondary definitely got tested early. Quite frankly, the the Bucks wide receivers were were kind of torching the Titans DBs a bit, especially early in the one on ones. I mean, I think we both know how talented that Bucks wide receiver room is. I mean, you have Antonio Brown as a wide receiver three. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans there. They have some other guys at the bottom of the depth chart who could be second, third options on other teams. And so it, it, it was a struggle a bit in, in some of those early reps. But to the Titans' credit, I think they did kind of settle down a bit. Um, one of the big things coming out of, the, uh, out of one-on-ones was Elijah Molden getting a pick. He, he picked off Tom Brady, you know, nice coverage against, you know, wide receiver tight against the hips, was able to break on a ball. Um, get out in front of the route. So so that was a, a nice play. You know, Caleb Farley probably had his, he, he probably did his most work today of any practice in training camp. He broke up a pass to Mike Evans. So that was a, a pretty play. Jack Rabbit Jenkins, he had some nice, you know, reps against Antonio Brown. So, you know, I, I think it was kind of a struggle early um, but I, I did see some good things as one-on-ones wore on. And then they, they, I think they carried that into the team periods, you know, that they kind of had later in practice. Uh, they picked off Tom Brady a couple of times. Imani Hooker got his hands on a ball. Jack Rabbit got his hands on a ball. Jayon Brown broke up a pass to Rob Gronkowski. You know, so they were, they were kind of flying around a little bit. I think that the tempo of the Bucs did, you know, was kind of a factor at, at times. But I think for the most part, they did, you know, make some plays. And Tom Brady gave them a credit after, after practice. So, you know, I, I think they did flash some good things.
0: What, what do you expect to see out of day two of the practice heading into the preseason game on Saturday?
1: I mean, I, I think you'd hope that we see more offensive starters. You know, I, I don't know how, how realistic that is, but but it feels like the number one offense hasn't gotten a whole lot of work together. Julio hasn't practiced since like August 1st or August 2nd. AJ, a guy who I thought would practice, he wasn't out there. Derrick Henry didn't do anything in the team stuff. Taylor Lewan didn't do any team stuff. Ben Jones wasn't out there. Nate Davis wasn't out there. You know, it's basically just Tannehill and, and some of those receivers further down on the depth chart. And to their credit, I think some of them did, you know, make plays. Chester Rogers and Marcus Johnson have been guys who've made plays throughout training camp. And, and that continued Wednesday for sure. I don't know. So, so I don't know how realistic it is to see more of the, the offensive guys play. But um, I think one thing, at least from an offensive perspective, that maybe you can count on is, maybe them playing with a bit more tempo. Um, they, they did, they they were a bit slow getting to the line. And, and Ryan Tannehill had mentioned that when, when he spoke to us after practice, how it was set up. So at the Bucks facility, they have like three fields and you know the Titans first team offense was on the center field. The Bucks first team offense was on one of the side fields. And it seemed like the Bucs would get off two, three plays before the, the Titans' first team offense even got off a play. It, it just seemed that the tempo was lacking. And so I think from a Titans perspective, you, you want to see getting the plays off quicker. Um, and, and then just for, from the defensive perspective, you know, just continuing to to work, you know, on that communication to to adjust to to the Bucks up tempo, you know, and and in that heat. I think coupled with that quick, quick tempo, I think it did get to the defense a bit. But yeah, all in all, you know, offensively seeing, you know, more tempo would be something that the coaches would would like to see. And then defensively, just, you know, continuing to try and make plays. You know, this is a group that's still kind of gelling, coming together at this point, a lot of new faces. And so just the more reps that they can get, um, the, the better.
0: Special thanks to Ben Arthur of the Tennessee and covering the Tennessee Titans. Honey Mukhtar, Randall Leal, and CJ Sapong picked up Wednesday evening for Nashville SC exactly where they left off Sunday night, right down to the pregame downpour. Unfortunately, the battle between third and fourth place in the Eastern Conference ended in a breathless 1-1 draw as both Nashville and Orlando City had plenty of chances to find the game winner in the second half, but simply could not take advantage of good chances. The trio of SC offensive stars is playing at an incredible level, and they dominated the beginning half. In the 23rd minute, Sapong made a brilliant defensive play to intercept a back pass and started a two-man rush, and the subsequent give-and-go with Mukhtar resulted in Sapong spinning and scoring his seventh goal in his last seven starts and his ninth goal of the season. However, after some chippy play to end the first half from Orlando City that totally sucked the air out of the game, the visiting side tied it up off a beautiful set piece in the 58th minute. It's just the second set piece goal allowed all season with Walker Zimmerman on the field, who by the way got the start and wore the captain's armband as Dax McCarty rested. It was highly entertaining and super dramatic. Nashville SC bookended the game with excellent stretches of possession in the first 30 minutes and the final 15 that likely should have netted them another goal and probably a game winner somewhere along the way. It was a missed chance at six points in four days with just four home matches left on the schedule. Nashville SC still collects a point from a valiant Orlando City side and is still unbeaten in 13 matches at home in 2021. But Wednesday night was yet another missed opportunity at three home points. Nashville SC will get the weekend off before the MLS All-Star Game next Wednesday, and will ramp things back up in two Saturdays on the road against Atlanta United. Of course, a reminder that the 440 is brought to you every single morning for free. That's right, to you for $0.00. Because of the Kingston Group, my great friends over at buildkg.com, Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm. They've been doing this work for over a decade in Nashville, and they are successful because they are trustworthy, and their work is excellent. That's it. You can trust them, and they do great work. It's not much more complicated than that. The Kingston Group. Go to the website, buildkg.com. Thank you guys all for listening, of course. My name is Brayden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter, at Brayden Gall. As usual, share the product. That's all I ask tell one person in your life about this little podcast. That's all we're asking. Again, thank you for listening. This has been the 440 for Thursday, August 19th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.